0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey, friends, good morning, and welcome to Everyday Truth. So glad that you joined us for On another episode, we're in the middle of a little conversation that Jesus is having with some critics of his. But before we get into that, I want to show you a postcard I just received from the country of Ireland. I love Ireland. This is actually my second postcard from Ireland. And this is from Patrick Morrissey. Patrick actually uh, is a professor of engineering at Trinity College in Dublin. And I've been, actually been here, I don't know if you knew this, Patrick, but I've been here to Trinity College. It's a beautiful campus and just kind of a, uh, just a great place Ireland is. And, and Patrick, I can't even thank you enough for uh, listening to the podcast and sending me the postcard. That means a lot uh, to me and, and I'll be praying for you. I know that that's a hard place uh, to just stand for the Lord. And I am so grateful for your testimony. Hey, Mark, chapter seven. I think we we said last episode Jesus is being challenged because of the the man made applications to the ceremonial washing laws. Now that's not to say there aren't there aren't ceremonies that God gave to uh, Moses, and it's not to say that cleanliness is not important. Of course, we know that. But good things done to excess can become bad things if they go beyond what God wants us to do. And what's happening in Mark chapter 7 is that people, religious people, are extenuating the law of God beyond its intended application, and they're actually burdening the very people whom these laws are supposed to serve. Look at verse number uh, 5. Look at verse number six. Let, let me just read verse five to get us back into it. So then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, why walk not that, not thy disciples according to the tradition, don't miss that word, of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? Why don't they do it our way? And remember I said at the end of the episode uh, yesterday that their attack really wasn't even on the disciples. It was a passive-aggressive attack on Jesus himself. And watch the answer that Jesus gives in verse number six. He answered and said unto them, Well, hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites? So Jesus just does not mince words, does he? He goes right to the authority on which he's going to give his rebuke. And the authority on which he's going to give his rebuke is the Bible. So Jesus quotes the book of Isaiah, specifically at the 29th chapter, and says, hey, the, the, the word of God has already spoken on this matter uh, concerning you, and he calls them hypocrites. Now, to you and me, we know the word hypocrite means a person that, that is faking it. Uh, he acts as if he's one thing, but he's really just another thing. But remember, the word hypocrite back in the Bible meant, now it, it does mean that, for sure, what I just said, but, but that's not the way people would have received it. Gee, we, they, they would have received it the way we use the word actor. Hey, uh, what well does the scripture say about you actors? Because the word hypocrite is the word for actor. Uh, Jesus lived in Nazareth growing up, just a stone's throw, really, from a place called Zipporah, or in the Bible it's called Sepphoris. And it was the provincial center. And it was a city under construction during the exact time that Jesus was being raised. Probably Joseph and Jesus and the brothers of Jesus worked on the city of Zipporah. That was the big building project of the day, and it was just a short walk from Nazareth. And you can still go there today. If you go to Israel with me, remind me, I'll take you to Zipporah and you can still go to the theater, the Roman theater back from the time of Jesus. And that's where Jesus in that kind of Greek kind of city atmosphere would have heard the word uh, hypocrite and become familiar with what a, an actor was and the way they would act in those days. they would, they would wear a series of masks, to to mask who you really were, to say, this is who I'm acting to be. So when Jesus called the religious leaders hypocrites, what he was saying is, you're portraying yourself to be something. But behind that mask, you're really somebody else. Now, doesn't that make a whole lot of sense? So he says to them in verse number five, Well, hath Isaiah prophesied of you, hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So what was the mask that these hypocrites were wearing? They were wearing the mask of honoring God on the outside, saying the right things, saying the words of praise and honor to God, but masking with their words what their heart really was. So there's the hypocrisy that their outside didn't match they're inside. Now, the reason I say it that way is because we're going to see a series of messages in Mark chapter seven, where Jesus makes that exact emphasis that what we are out here, what people see and what happens out here, things like food and things that we can take in aren't nearly as important as what's in here in the hidden place. Things that are in our heart that come out of us and ultimately defile people around us. So Jesus is making this extended, using this extended metaphor to teach about hypocrisy. Look at verse number seven, where he makes a statement about these people and and says, How be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So va- vanity or in vain uh, in the old English means to to empty, uh, worthless. So their worship of me, although they're doing it, although they're saying it, although they're singing it, although they're acting as if they're leading it, their worship of me is really empty. It's meaningless. Why? Because they're taking what they say and they're elevating their words, their their applications to a level that is of equal authority with the Bible. But when you take your own words and make them equal with the, uh, of the authority of the Bible, then in essence, what you're doing is negating the authority of the Bible. And that's a very dangerous thing to do. Look at verse number eight. For laying aside the commandment of God, he says specifically, he's looking right at them when he says this. Ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other like things ye do. So Jesus, I mean, calls them on it. He, he rebukes them for it. This whole, this whole thing about washing hands, this whole criticism that you have about my, about my, about my disciples, it's, it's bogus. Because what you're actually doing is elevating your human application to the level of the Bible. You're doing great damage to the Bible. And Isaiah prophesied about this. And you are fulfilling that prophecy in a negative way. And by the way, I'm, I'm highlighting not just one way that you do this, although they were doing it in that way, but many things like this you do. The problem here is not that you you misunderstand washing hands. Uh, no, the problem here is because you do this in so many different ways, multifarious ways, the problem here is that you really don't understand the Bible. You really don't understand God. You have a fatal error. And that fatal error is the way that you look at all the Bible because you're looking at the Bible as if your application and your opinion is of equal authority with the Bible. Now, here's where I'm going to meddle a little bit. Don't we do the same thing? Don't we do the same thing? Sometimes in our churches, we have our traditions, we have our applications, and there's nothing wrong with tradition. Tradition is just the repeated public behavior of, a, of a, a group of people. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, our tradition is we have church on Sundays and Wednesdays and midweek Bible study, and our tradition is we have uh, this service at 1030 and this service at six o'clock. And There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with that is when we say, if people don't apply the Bible the way we do traditionally, they're wrong because what we do is equal in authority with the Bible. Boy, sometimes we do that with standards of behavior. Sometimes we do that that in in a number of ways. And if we're not careful, we will be more akin to the New Testament Pharisee than we are to the New Testament disciple critical, looking at people through the lens of our own behavior. Think about what what was bothering these Pharisees and scribes. What was bothering them is you don't do it the way we do it. Uh, we're losing control. Uh, you're stepping outside of the boundaries of our applications. Boy, I, again, I don't want to give a whole bunch of personal illustrations because just as soon as I do that, I won't hit yours. I think the point of application is Let's make sure that the things that we're doing, we're doing with a right heart motive. And let's make sure that we're not going beyond what the scriptures say. Let's make sure that we're not creating systems and subcultures where our words and our applications and our traditions are of equal authority with the Bible. I I wrote an article, a blog article. I'll, I'll see if I can look it up and maybe... Tell you where to find it, Uh, but when are traditions bad? When are traditions bad? And I I I gave three conditions under which conditions uh, are are under which traditions can be bad in our lives. And I'll try to share that with you because it's very very helpful. And we all do it. All denominations do it. And if we're not careful, uh, we will do damage to the Word of God in our lives, and in the lives of the people whom we love. If we're not careful. So a word to the wise, uh, that's the message of Jesus. It's the message he gives to them and to us. And so I hope you'll take that to heart. We're going to stop there in verse number eight. We'll come back to uh, the extension of that message in verses nine through 13 uh, next episode. But that's all the time we have for today. So have a great day in the Lord. We'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.